never miss the water till you're well enough to strong. You never miss your turn till he says goodbye. And we're back. This is Dump on the Ump, ostensibly a baseball podcast. Tonight is Thursday, April the 13th. Are your taxes in? They're due. Coming at you from Champaign, Illinois. My name is Joel. Uh, we podcasted on Tuesday, so this is kind of a special midweek episode. With me tonight, as not per usual, from Bad Guy Radio, is Justin. Justin, how's it going? Oh, man, it's fucking great. And I just sent Asia my W-2, so my taxes are technically done. Huzzah! Finished. <laughs> but other than that, it's uh, it's been great. The White Sox are off today. I, I took my afternoon nap. It was pretty copacetic. Oh, you had an afternoon nap? Yeah, I did. I'm getting old, Joe. No, no, I'm a big fan of the afternoon nap. Now, what is, like... What's your daily work, regu- you know, whatever? You've got irregular hours, right? Uh, well, 80% of the week I work from 12 to 9. You Sometimes I'll get a, a 7 to 5 morning shift. So uh, most of the time, like, I don't get a chance to have my afternoon nap because I'll be on the fucking clock. But usually, like, days like today where I've done absolutely nothing except watch the five baseball games that were televised yeah. my afternoon nap came at about like 2 30 woke up about 4 30 and now i'm refreshed and on the mic with you that's great like i'm a teacher so my work hours are i'm on the clock 7 30 a.m to 3 p.m usually at the school till 4 30 or 5 for some reason or another but i got addicted to that 4 p.m nap oh yeah like it is an addictive thing and here's what i've got to limit it because if i sleep from four to like six then i'm awake at 6 p.m and then i'm up till 11 or midnight i gotta wake up at five yeah but the key nap is like that that 45 minute in the sunshine kind of nap well, the, the the after I call it the the after school nap where you just get home, throw your fucking book bag on the floor, and you just knock out on the living room couch. You wake up probably five thirty six o'clock. Like, what the hell just happened? Exactly. That's some of the best sleep you'll ever get in your life. But now imagine that your eighth grade teacher is doing that also. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's almost like. You get as a teacher, you get to see the value in the youth all over again. Yeah, you do. It it it's so hard because um you don't see like this is my tenth year teaching middle school, and you don't see actual systemic change over time. Yeah. And you kind of have to invest your value in oh, this this kid appreciates me. Because you do get that. That's the whole that that's that's where the value's at. It's really interesting. Oh yeah. And then and then you gotta think about it too. Like you're at a stage, you're an eighth grade teacher at the stage of their lives where they're growing into who they're gonna be. 
-hmm. personality wise, socially, the best thing you can do as a teacher is be consistent with them, be the same person, be as transparent as possible. You know, that that's that's what I valued as a student. Mm -hmm. Like, don't get me wrong. My afternoon nap was fucking king in my life. <laughs> but in eighth grade, if I could talk to one of my teachers about Scott Pitsetnik, Joe Creedy, stuff like that, actually connect with you outside of you drawing your my name in your grade book. That well, that's pretty good. Totally. I've got this one student. I, I love him so much. He's always getting into trouble. And he he does AAU basketball, mm. and he's really good. He's really good. Like every eighth grader says, like they're like, oh, I'm going to the NBA. I'm I'm going to be a D1 scholarship kid, and ninety nine percent of them are full of shit. And like I've had this conversation a million times where they're like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I'm going to be an NBA player. Are you on the seventh grade? middle school basketball team no okay then you're not going to the end <laughs> when's this dream gonna start <laughs> <laughs> but this kid is good he's really really good i've had but he gets in trouble all the time and i've had lots of conversations with him like like what are we gonna do like what's going on man like how can how can we help you? And he appreciates it. I know he's trying, but it's just so frustrating to to see the disconnect. Yeah. 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 But the best thing is teachers do like it when you come back to them and say, hey, I uh, thanks and I remember you. I've had that happen a couple of times and I really appreciate that. Yeah, I made a, I actually made a teacher cry once, Joe, because I was being a real prick. And, uh, you know, they called my mom, whatever. My mom talked to me. I'm like, stop being an asshole. I'm going to whoop your ass. Okay, yeah. sure, mom. Went back to school and I apologized to said teacher. And he, as a grown-ass man, got emotional. Right. Yeah. No, no. Teachers are... I'm sitting here like, what the hell are you, a marshmallow? I'm just trying to say sorry for causing a ruckus in class don't call my mom again he's like well it's okay I, you just don't know how much it means to me i'm like fucking 12 i'm like give me my game boy back <laughs> like that what are you bad. doing yeah <laughs> no no that does not surprise me at all also, I'm sure that teacher had like something fucked up going on in his home life, you know. Well, I mean, he was a Cubs fan, and back that, then that, the Cubs yeah. weren't really good. Yep. So. Yep. It happened. School. All right. So, uh, Justin, you're a Red Sox fan. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Sure. Uh, we're going all audio tonight. I am wearing a Red Sox shirt. Right after we just got fucking curb stomped by the Rays. Again. Again. Mm. Third, uh, we've dropped the last 13 at the Trop, Joe. Really? The last 13. That's insane. That's got to be some kind of a record. Oh, well, they broke a fucking record today. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's nuts. Uh, like... Uh, if you've listened to our podcast, regular contributor Sam is a hardcore Red Sox fan. Love you, Sam. And he's just, he, he's enjoying, he quote, 
hashtag enjoying the ride. Yeah, right. well, right. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, like, I don't, it's at the point, not only do I not know when we're going to have a real shortstop, I don't know when's the next time we're going to win a game, Joe. What's your schedule looking like? We're, we play a major league team coming up. <laughs> you gotta play Oakland at some point. Come on. Yeah, but I mean, Oakland took uh, Baltimore to the brink today. I mean, we got right. we got the angel we got the Angels this weekend uh, at Fenway. Mm-hmm. But and ooh. I mean, be, uh, I'm terrible at prognostications. At the beginning of the season, I was like. The Red Sox could be a 500 team and finish last in the AOAs. Do you think that's yeah. something that could happen? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we got we're getting a little bit of help right now. The Yankees suck. The yeah. Blue Jays are trying to cough up a couple games to the Tigers, and uh, Boston, uh, not Boston, but uh, Baltimore is only one game above 500. So that will lead me into my hot take, Joe, if you don't mind. Not at all. The Boston Red Sox will make the playoffs oh, without a- winning the division. Okay. Explain to me how that happens. Well, at the top of the division, you got the best team in Major League history, Kevin Cash's Tampa Bay Rays. True. All you, all you have to do is chase the Rays. You got to beat the Blue Jays and the Yankees. I That's don't think fine. I- I think, I, I mean, the Yankees are always overrated. The one thing that unites us is that the Yankees fucking suck. And they're overrated. Like, they might be decent. They might be a good baseball team. But they're not going to set the world on fire. Well, what, what is the Yankees' strength? Their bullpen. Okay. That's, that's a number the bullpen and the defense. Okay. So, with that, with that happens... You have you have a lineup built around Judge and Stanton, two guys that you could strike out. Right, and the whatever six through nine hitters is paper. Like like you're not afraid after you get out Stanton, you're not afraid. Of yeah, but like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Anthony Rizzo is still productive. Glaber Torres is a triple OG. But am I pitching around those guys on a consistent basis? at this stage of the game. Mm-hmm. No. Because I could just do what Minnesota did. I can avalanche. I could avalanche them and put it on cruise control. Agreed. Yeah. Now you and and, and I know you uh, the listeners out there are gonna be like, well duh, Justin, you could avalanche every team. You can't avalanche the Tampa Bay Rays because they play a perfect brand of baseball. They're a we're, flawless team. The greatest team of all time. That's the greatest baseball I've ever seen. Step aside. This is the greatest brand of baseball I've ever seen, Joe. Step aside, 27 Yankees. Step aside, yeah. 2001 Mariners. The 2023 Tampa Bay Rays. Step aside, 2005 Chicago White Sox. Step aside, Step two- aside 2007 Boston Red Sox. Step aside, 2013 Boston Red Sox. Yep. This is a nasty situation, Joe. Um. One of my favorite players in the league right now. No, it's not Rafael Devers. No. Oh. No, it's not my boy Tristan Casas. That no, it's not all American hero 
all-American fucking hero, Reese McGuire. My favorite player in the league is Josh Lowe, the fourth outfielder for the Tampa Bay Rays. Wow. Wow. Okay, you got to fucking explain that. I would sell my soul for a Josh Lowe jersey right now. Why? He's a five, He's a traditional five-tool hitter. Now, as a left-handed power bat, he has a little bit of trouble uh, hitting the ball, you know, up around his hands. But mm-hmm. if you look at the the plate approach he has, he's in a perfect situation with Tampa because their style of play forces you to be stay within the the realm of traditional baseball. He still has to take a pitch. He still has to hit his cutoff man. He still has to get a good secondary lead on the base pads. Mm-hmm. He's doing all of those things while still being a five-tool player. Fascinating. This it is-, is because I never thought that I would say, hey, I would sell my soul to see Josh Lowe play right field. Hell, I would even sell my soul to see Josh Lowe pinch hit. I'm sure he will. This dude in 13 games in 2023 has a 0.5 war. Yeah. In 13 games. Incredible. I don't expect him to sustain that, but that's like that's like 20 war. That's a that's a 20 war season. We're yeah. not talking about prime Steve Finley. We're not talking about my big cousins Josh Hamilton. We're talking about Josh Lowe. What? Who is this dude? Exactly. Yeah. That's amazing. That's why the that's why the Rays formula is so foolproof. Because you could look at the whole 40-man roster and say, who the hell is that? Who the hell are these guys? Yeah. I was talking to, uh, shout out to Henry. So I'm going to divulge us just a little bit. I got a co-worker named Henry. True. And um, he's he's a good guy, and he's a Yankees fan. And he, uh, I brought him up two weeks ago on the podcast. I got this coworker who was super excited about baseball started, and he's a Yankees fan. And immediately, Sam just talked shit about my friend Henry for about 15 minutes on the podcast. Whoa. Henry listened to the podcast and was like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> Henry got to understand it's unconditional. He chose this life. Exactly. He and- chose this life. He's from Philly. He should be a Phillies fan. Oh, well, he I don't understand why he's upset. He's an asshole from DNA. Exactly. He should be a Phillies fan. He's from Jersey, honestly. He, he's actually from Jersey. Philly's taking the damn L tonight. Against who? Who's they playing right now? Uh Cincinnati. Nick Lodolo turned into a turned into a quality start. I actually nice got young lefty. about you. Yeah, I got questions. I want to ask you some questions about that NL Central because sure. I've got some opinions about it. Um, but um, let me say one thing before that. So, hey, my name's Joel. I'm coming at you from Champaign, Illinois. I got a hot take right now, which is... Drop it, homie. Don't let your coworkers listen to your podcast. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> so, like, like I already mentioned, I'm a middle school teacher and I'm at 
middle school teachers go to lots of fucking meetings all the time. So bad. I'm at a meeting and my building principal comes up to me and he's like, Joel, I didn't know you have a podcast. I'm like, yes, sir, I do have a podcast. He's like, this is my principal. This is my boss. This is my boss right. coming up to me. Will you give me the link to it, please? Uh, Yes, sure. <laughs> sure. Whatever you say, sir. <laughs> Were you yeah. nervous? Yeah, of course. He's a Cardinals fan. That's not that bad. That's better yeah. than being a Yankees fan. That's true. That's a hundred times better than being a Yankees fan. He's a Cardinals fan. Yeah. Yeah. So shout out to all my coworkers who are now listening to my podcast. So Yeah, they're kind of stuck in the mud too in St. Louis. I thought so okay. All right. So let's we gotta talk about the White Sox, but let's talk about this NL Central situation. Mm-hmm. Going into the year, I thought Milwaukee was the team to beat, and then maybe St. Louis. And I thought there were going to be three trash teams, the Pirates, the Reds, and the Cubs. Doesn't look that way after two weeks of baseball. What do you think about that? Well, I just I just feel like I, I, let's, I want to start off with the Cubs because I want to get the worst out of the way. Uh, I think it's just a traditional hot start. Uh, The starting pitching has just been uh, competent. They haven't been uh, shutting anything down outside of a couple outliers from Stroman. Uh, The top of the lineup is doing damage with uh, Horner and uh, Swanson, one, two. Swanson, I think, was batting like 500 for 10 days. Like, you couldn't get him out. And then you, you turn it over to the other side to where your bullpen isn't overtaxed. Of course, you're going to give up some runs. That's the, they, They're playing with the fucking the bouncy ball, the toy ball this year. So you're going to give up some runs. But what, what the Cubs you aren't doing... You're playing with the toy ball this year. Yeah, they are playing uh, with the that toy flies, ball. The flies? Yeah. Yeah, okay. they're playing with the toy ball. And, and what the Cubs are doing is they're not putting their reliever in a position to where they got to cover four runs instead of just getting three outs. So... I think they're doing a they're doing a good job maintaining uh maintaining the structure of the game, even though I think they're a terrible fucking team that's gonna finish in uh second to last place right above Cincinnati. I, I think just early on they're just getting some outstanding contribution from Dansby and Nico. Just above Cincinnati, just below Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. I think uh Milwaukee is gonna shock the whole national league. I think so, too. I mean, they were my pick to win the division. Uh, I think the Cardinals will be decent. Yeah. The the Cardinals are starting off slow, and it's kind of worrying me because they're healthy. Mm -hmm. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because, like, uh, you still got Goldschmidt. You just got Wilson Contreras. Nolan's healthy. Edmonds healthy. Gorman's healthy. Brandon Donovan's playing every day. Tyler O'Neill's playing every day. I think uh, Jordan Walker, the rookie, who's going to win Rookie of the Year. That's a hot take. He's going to win Rookie of the Year. He's healthy. So the fact that they're not scoring runs as early as they did last year is a little worrisome. But the starting pitching is still there. 
Uh, the bullpen is a little bit thin, but they're going to piece that together probably in June and July once the 40-man starts to solidify. I'm not too worried about the Cardinals. I think they're going to get a they're going to get a wild card while uh, Milwaukee's going to win the division. I agree with that. Oh, yeah. I might have it flipped. I might have Cardinals winning the division. Milwaukee with the wild card. I, I, the Cardinals. The Cardinals got a good system, but uh-huh. they're not. They're like Milwaukee is Tampa Bay North. How so? How you think? Look at the manager, Craig Council. Very tactical like guy. Yeah. He's yeah. a he's a really good baseball guy, X's and O's guy, just like Kevin Cash. Mm-hmm. They were both backups. They were both backups. They seen the whole field. They understand what they're trying to do. And the the Milwaukee's front office is keeping the roster flexible. Like one of my favorite one of my favorite uh, moves that was made last year was the acquisition of Rowdy Telez. Yes. You you got to understand that Milwaukee has Human had a hole. Human egg, Rowdy Telez. Yeah. yeah. Literally. All yeah. because they had a hole at first base. And first base was a revolving door for the Brewers the past few years. And they solidified that with Rowdy Telez and the trade for Willie Adonis. Because not only do you get uh, uh, stalwart at short, but you get an uptick in home runs and OPS. So when you're not spending as much money as other ball clubs, you got to figure out how to get your slug in OPS because generally that's what you're paying for outside of starting pitchers' innings and free agency. Mm-hmm. So Milwaukee did a really good job staying creative and keeping offense in the lineup and money off the books. Um, have you been to Bush Stadium? Uh, not in St. Louis, no. No, I've been there once. I went with my buddy Mike, who's a Cubs fan, and I loved it. But he had gotten like a box on discount, like I don't know, like he like scours the internet for like cheap tickets to baseball games. Oh, uh, he's one of those guys. Yeah, he's exactly one of those guys, and so he got these uh not box seats um. Like a suite. We had a suite. And so we went to Bush Stadium. It was me, him, his dad, and all of his buddies. And I had a great time. But I got to be honest, that's the least amount of time I've ever spent actually watching a baseball game. Yeah. Like you just hang out in the suite and eat cold hot dogs the entire time. Yeah, that, that's why I'm afraid of. Like, I've never watched a game in a suite. I just don't want to sit there and get hammered and get full and pass out on one of the lounge couches. That's the idea. That's 100% the idea is that, like, that's what you're there to do. You're not there to watch the baseball game. You're there to, like, drink free liquor and pass out on the couch. That's exactly Wow. It. Yeah. I can't take a selfie if I'm passed out, Joe. True. Someone can take a selfie of you, though, so you gotta be careful about that. <laughs> Peter mustard all over my face, fucking <laughs> black dry race marker on my face, like from Zorro. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Looked like fucking Eber Flus was drawing up plays on my forehead. <laughs> we call that the rocket ship. <laughs> um, talk to me about Bobby Dahlbeck. Oh, so sorry. sorry. I know you don't want to talk to me about Bobby Dahlbeck. I like I like Bobby Dahlbeck, also known as Robert Vernon Dahlbeck. 
Um, the problem, the problem is he's getting into that Leary Garcia territory where he's going to be overused and exposed. Which we we need to make up. Uh, sorry to disrail you just for a second. We need a Leary Garcia stat, right? It's yeah. the it's the Mendoza line, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's like a there's like a Leary line also, like how uh, bad uh, two ten you- average. Yes. Fucking 276 on base, two home runs, 22 RBIs in like 88 games. For 10 seasons. Yeah, for 10 seasons. Yes. <laughs> it's the decade of Garcia. The, we we got to figure that out. Like the, the LG, I don't know what to call it yet. I think, I, think that's, I think that's where Bobby Dahlbeck is headed, especially where if you, if you look at the lineup with uh, – Adam Duvall out. Like, how are we going to find how? And he was the best right-handed hitter in franchise history while he was here. Um, where are you going to find that? Also, Adam Duvall is a good defender. Yeah. So it's it's too much falling apart at the same time. I feel like I'm mad at Bobby Dahlbeck because Chris Sale and Corey Kluber haven't been good. That's where I am with Bobby Dahlbeck. I'm that's, upset at him for other players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like so I know you, it's not fair, but that's how. That's where I'm at as a Red Sox fan. Yeah, Sam. Sam. His preseason hot take was Chris Sale top five AL Cy Young votes, which yeah. that time made sense, but he's getting lit up right now. Chris Sale is closer to 48-year-old Jamie Moyer than 33-year-old Chris Sale. Yeah. Jesus. He's only 33? Yeah. Well, I mean, you're saying he's only 33, like, by age, but his body's, like, fucking 50. I would have said 36 or 38 is what I would have said. Yeah. That's crazy. That's not good. That's That's not good at all. That's your Greg Oden of baseball. And it, and it, with Chris Sale's attitude, you know, he's like full speed ahead. I'm just going to keep working. I'm just going to keep doing my thing. And obviously, it's just leading to a fucking six on ERA. Yep. Totally. Ugh. And him cutting up some jerseys because he's mad. Yeah, I don't think he's cutting up any Red Sox jerseys. I think he, the only thing he's cutting up is fucking medical bills. Those Venezuelan Venezuelan City Connect jerseys. Hey, those are are the UCLA Bruin jerseys right there. (laughs) That's what they are, yeah. Hey, but I mean, the Red Sox, I think they got a a winning record with them uh, when they wear those jerseys, like all time. Oh, really? That's interesting. Oh, God. They're not the worst. The Cubs City Connect are the worst. I'm going to tell you two guys, Joe, that got to get into gear and get into gear fast. With the Red Sox? Or just in Tristan general? Casas and Kike Hernandez. Uh, I agree on Kike Hernandez. Explain the first one to me. Uh, Casas is striking out at an alarming rate. And he's the type of guy that uh, I watch his at bats close. He loves getting into deep counts. Like mm-hmm. he he'll have a couple meatballs in a sequence, and he'll still find himself fouling off pitch number six and seventh of that bat. 
Mm. Like he had a he had a, a 14 pitch battle this afternoon that worked a lot. I think he's just uh, getting into the Yoan Mankata situation at the plate to where you're you're waiting for a ball through a teacup instead of just looking for a pitch to drive. Uh, that's a good way to yeah. Yes, I know exactly what you mean by that. That's a good way to describe it. I mean, like are the Reds like do you think the, you still think the Red Sox are going to make the playoffs? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, they're so, too good. Okay. They're they're too good offensively. You know what I'm saying? All like if I had one thing to fix with the Red Sox it wouldn't even be Chris Sale or Corey Kluber. Just get me back right at shortstop right now interesting okay okay so you got the yankees the blue jays and the rays and we already decided that the rays are the greatest baseball team of all time yes just take them out of the picture right they're 162 and 0 that's the number one seed in the american league yeah who's not making the playoffs it's got to be the yankees the blue jays why? Inexperience down the stretch. They thought they were doing something slick by adding uh, Whit Merrifield to get that veteran presence. And they got some really good hitters throughout the lineup. I just don't – I don't trust their bullpen. Mm-hmm. I don't trust their – I don't trust their closer, Jordan Romano, and I don't trust their rotation. Alec Manoa might not be that guy. Gosman might just be – a really good two, an elite three. I agree with you about Gosman. I'm not there with Manoa yet. Right oh, it's coming. And it, and shout out to my boy Caleb Suela because he told me Manoa's fat ass was going to fall off a cliff, and he did. <laughs> he did. So then, then are the blue because like the Blue Jays have. So much firepower in that lineup. Well, I mean, they got my boy, too, Dalton Varsho, who's a gold glove defender and a left-handed power bat. He's also, he reminds me a little bit of Josh Lowe, five-tool player. You could throw him anywhere <laughs> in the outfield. He'll give you 110%. But Talk with, about Josh Lowe like he's Barry Barnes. Yeah, I mean, he's like crime dog Fred McGriff in a goddamn <laughs> raised jersey. Uh, Joe, this is the American, winning the American League East is different yeah it's harder to win the east the american league east than any other division because you're not just playing against the elite players of the american league you're going against elite general managers elite coaching money like think about this we're talking shit about the yankees and they got one of the best managers in the game aaron boone Oh, I hard disagree with you about that. He is not one of the best managers. You're crazy. Oh, you're crazy. No, dude, Aaron Boone is overrated. How? Oh, yeah. Okay, why is Aaron Boone good? Dude, Aaron Boone has missed the Yankees. Had, the Yankees got to survive. Giancarlo Stanton being out of the lineup, no shortstop, inconsistent Glaber Torres, rotation in shambles every year. No closer. Think about this. The Yankees haven't had a consistent closer in three straight years. It's been closer by committee, and they're still winning 90-plus games So you with put, just you Aaron Judge in-house. Because, because the closer is Chapman. 
Yeah, but I mean, what is Chapman? He's in. He's he's the extra guy in Kansas City right now. Yeah, yeah, agreed. But he, counterpoint: Aaron Boone has been hand gifted a, a a a slugging lineup, and he hasn't. What what's the best he's done? Did he get to the ALCS one time? ALCS against uh, Houston. Yeah. Like, it's like, we will give you every gift possible. Don't fuck this up. And he's managed to fuck it up. Okay. Let me ask you this question. Yeah. What player What player in a Yankee uniform right now, outside of Anthony Rizzo, because he's fairly new to the regime, what player has the winning pedigree equivalent to Aaron Boone's as a player. Hold up. We're not talking about Aaron Boone as a player. No, but that's what I'm saying. It's like when the rubber needs to meet the road, I can trust Aaron Boone in October as a player, right? Who can you say that about in a Yankees uniform? Because uh, okay. yeah, yeah. I, I you get what I'm saying? I get what you say. <laughs> I will now say Aaron Judge, who I hate. I hate Aaron Judge. His season last year, like, the Yankees always treated him like he was an MVP player, and he was never an MVP MVP player. He was the best player on a very good polarizing team. Stanton should have been better than him. Like, oh, you're giving me a funny face. Stanton should be the best hitter on that team. And I hate that Yankee fans think that Judge is the best hitter on that team. You wanna you wanna know why the Yankees haven't won a World Series, Joe? I I you're gonna tell me. I know why. Where's the David Cone? Yeah. Where's yeah. the Bernie yeah. Williams? Where's the yeah. Chuck Knoplock? Where's hold the up, Scott hold up, hold up. Where the is the Bernie Williams? Exactly. They don't have yeah. those type of pedigrees in the dugout anymore. I don't see any Hideki Matsui. I don't see any Ruben yes. Sierra. Yes. No, no, no hip hip Jorge Posada. Now, don't get me wrong. Jorge Fuck Posada. Posada. Jorge Posada is a borderline Hall of Famer, Joe. Hmm. Gary Sanchez has more natural baseball talent than Jorge Posada. Why can't he get them? Why couldn't he get them over the hump in this prime? Aaron Judge is hitting. 60 plus home runs. Why can't he push me through an ALCS when there's nobody in the Houston Astros uniform that's better than him? Wait. Because they don't got that dog. They don't have that dog. They don't got that dog. Yes. They know. No. No. We are in agreement on this. Um, I always thought the, the one point I wanted to make is that Aaron Judge was the most overrated Major League Baseball player until last season. Like, I fucking hate that guy, but I respect him now. Before, I hated him and did not respect him. I I respect him now. That was a great season he had last year. Aaron Judge, as a power right-handed hitter, does a good job covering the low inside corner. Like, a lot of power guys, they get around the baseball a lot. 
Aaron Judge stays inside the baseball. That's why he can go to right field. That's why he has a lot of base hits right above, like, the second baseman's head, while yeah. other right-handed power guys like Luis Robert is just popping that pitch up. So, okay. Aaron, I mean, you got to put some respect on Baby T's name, Joe. I do. I do. I, I, I fucking hate him. But You remember, you remember, hey, I've paid for my sins about Mike Trout. Let me tell on dump, on the ump, April 13th, 2023, I, Jay Targaryen of Bad Guy Radio, am coming clean. Mike Trout is one of the best players I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. He's one of the best players, and I've been publicly lying to you, Joe. I've been publicly lying to my friends and family about Mike Trout's talents, and I think that ship has sailed. We all knew that, J- Justin. We all knew that, man. Don't yeah, but I, I would rather do it here than do it with my therapist. Okay, fair. Good point. Yeah. Uh, I have two questions to ask you. Because here's my thing. <clears throat> I'm going to say something that's going to piss you off. Oh, great. <laughs> you could be good and overrated. That, like, a, an athlete can be good and overrated. Now, you brought up Mike Trout because you talk shit about Mike Trout all the time, which is yeah. great. I love it. Keep talking shit about Mike Trout. No, he, no, no. He does it. <laughs> I got to wait till he gets to a cold stretch. Like, I remember one time last year, I think it was in June, where I literally thought every ball that he hit was going to leave the ballpark. I thought every time he was going to step to the plate, he was going to hit a home run. Yeah. He had 40 home runs in less than 100 games. He's going to be one of the greatest position players of all time. He's going to be, if if not already. Uh, So, you know, I don't like Michael Jordan, right? You think he's overrated? He's overrated. He's good. He's overrated. And you and I know we both travel in Chicago sports fan circles. I'm not allowed to criticize Michael Jordan. I can't believe you're fucking telling me this right now. (laughs) Face to face. I don't, I can't believe what I'm hearing right now. He's overrated. He's the greatest defender in NBA history. No, Dennis Dennis Rodman's the greatest defender. No, no. Michael Jordan has the best post game in NBA history. Mm, That's Carl Malone, who I also hate. No, 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 no. I I don't hate, I hate Carl Malone. Yeah, I hate the mailman too. He's, He's dirty. Yeah, I hate him because he's not overrated and he's an asshole. Yeah. We agree yeah. about that. Yeah. Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player ever. Uh I I can't believe I have to say that out of my mouth. <laughs> I'm just I just know all the Chicago folks give me a list of this. Yeah. You you all live in a cult that you're not allowed to critique. There's Michael. nothing wrong with a cult, Joe. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. 
conversation over. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with a cult, especially when it's uh, in regards to your airness. The goat. The goat. Okay. All right, cool. Uh, <laughs> so, okay, let me ask you this. In totality, who's the best baseball player ever? Oh, good question. I'm not going to answer it. I'm going to divert from that. Because I just tweeted that. You and I have had this conversation, so let me rephrase it. The six greatest baseball players by era, right? MLB, okay. okay? Ty Cobb, Babe Ruth, Ted Williams, Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, Barry Bonds. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that. Yeah, because I, all of those got all of those guys got one thing in common: consistency and longevity. Yep, home runs like OPS, OPS essentially, like they can hit for average. Also, average is good. They can hit for home runs and they can hit for average. Mm-hmm. Well, Willie Mays could play defense. Could yeah, but all the all the all of those guys, like even Ty Cobb, they never took a day off. So yep. their 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 brilliance played every day. Mm-hmm. In any situation, they were available. I, and you know that's why I get I get upset when people be like, "Well, Babe Ruth wouldn't have lasted in this generation." Just because they look at a couple black and white videos of a clumsy fat guy swinging a bed leg. No, if Babe Ruth had the access to video, a proper diet, just like all of these other athletes, I'm pretty sure he would be a little bit better than Kyle Schwarber and Alejandro Kirk. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. Yeah. Um, I, well, no, I don't want you. You actually got me on this this tick. That Willie Mays is the best baseball player of all time. Uh, because he's because he was that elite at offense and defense, right? Yes, exactly. And you could say the same about Michael Jordan, though, Joe. Let me finish. Yeah. My- no. Yeah. No. No. Um, I think that Willie, like. It's a hard thing because time exists, right? So, like, Babe Ruth, like, his stats for the time are unheard of, right? Like, his OP plus is insane, right? Because he was playing in the segregated league. He didn't have Josh Gibson to go against. But, like, he, he was playing insane baseball for the time. I think that there are two guys who could compete. If you go back in time, who could compete in Major League Baseball today as Willie Mays and maybe Ted Williams? I I would go a different route. I would probably say uh, Joe DiMaggio and Pete Rose. Pete Rose, I agree with. He's he's younger than Willie Mays. 
Ted Williams is way better than Joe DiMaggio. I understand, but I mean, in totality, Joe DiMaggio was a complete player. I mean, you got to think, like, when I see Ted Williams, I just see, like, a lawyer camped on the corner of a baseball field hitting nukes. I mean, like, you look at his stats, it's amazing. Like, Ted Williams could hit. So is Ted Williams better than Willie Mays? No, I don't think so. I think he's better than Joe DiMaggio. And we're comparing roughly same era. Willie Mays is a little bit younger. Um... I think it, it like here's my point. Here's my point. Like yeah. you're saying, like, like could Hank Aaron compete in MLB today? Fuck yes. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Could Clemente? Yes. One hundred percent. How far back in time do you go to find any baseball MLB player who could compete? And like um, I, I do not think Babe Ruth could compete in Major League Baseball today. I don't. Uh, um, Josh Gibson was what late sixties, early seventies. No, no, jo- Josh Gibson. Not uh, Bob Gibson. I'm sorry. Oh, Bob Gibson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Play for I the think that that would be. That'd be the fringe as far as I would That's what I'm back. saying. Yeah, the fringe is the 60s. And Willie Mays is the fringe. Like the yeah. best, the best player from 19, what, 58? Probably wouldn't be able to compete. That's what I'm saying. Like if you let's just say we we took those Yankees. Who was ruling the times in the 50s? The Yankees? Well, it's always the Yankees. The Dodgers were good. What uh, if we drop? What if we drop twenty twenty three Rays into that era? Hmm. Hundred and fifty two and ten. Yeah. Yeah, easily. And they wouldn't. And they wouldn't even have to lead the league in slugging, OPS, no. home runs. And they could adopt other rules. They'd steal every base. Yeah. They'd throw pitches that these idiots hadn't even seen. Yeah. The screwballs. You got guys throwing a hundred and then dropping something off the table. Yeah. No, it'd be crazy. It, it wouldn't even, it, it's like a, a F-15 fighter against a World War One plane, you know? Like, it'll be it'll be making Joe Ryan look like J.R. Richard. Exactly. Exactly. Um, shit, I had a point and then I lost it. Anyway. No, well, that's what I'm saying. I, I think I think the furthest you can go back I, is Willie Mays. Ted Williams is really good, though. Like, he could hit. He could contact. I'm not arguing that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you throw up, a uh, 96 mile an hour curveball quote like a 96 mile an hour quote unquote off speed pitch to Ted Williams could he hit it 
I don't know. Nobody knows. I think so, because Ted Williams did a good job with just hitting the strikes. Yeah. I think that was his superpower, is attacking the zone. Like, him and Lou Gehrig were the same. Yeah. You're going to have to pitch to him. And unlike Juan Soto, who hits 25 home runs a year, Ted Williams was hitting 40. Yeah, and hitting 400. (laughs) Unreal. Amazing. And killing Nazis. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he did. I forgot he did go to the military for a he couple went to years. The military. He was in the Air Force in World War II and Korea. Yeah, so how about this? I'll make you a deal. I'll put some respect on Ted Williams' names. You got to put respect on Baby Teeth's name. I'll do that. Yeah, I'm fine with that. All right, cool. Yeah. Um, all right, we've been putting this off. We got to talk about the Chicago White Sox. Fuck. I know. I'm sorry. It's bad. I think it's bad. We got Troy uh, on the IL. We got Tim on the IL. We got Yohan day to day. Like, what the fuck's going on? What, five and nine? I don't even know. We have a, well, we have a, a C plus lineup with A plus, A minus expectations. Correct. So when you when you're in a situation like that, your team is going to be wildly inconsistent. Like look at the week against the Giants, where it looked like all of our starting pitchers were quadruple A pitchers, and then you flipped the script uh, into you know the ass end of Pittsburgh and Minnesota. The pitching staffs get their shit together, but we struggle to score runs. Right. So it's just like a Jekyll and Hyde situation. And I kind of feel bad for Pedro Grifal as the first year manager because he's inheriting a lot of players with problems and inconsistency. Now, the one bright spot is the bullpen is starting to gel into a fucking machine. It's a weapon. Every every name that Pedro Grifal has rang uh, ever since Jose Ruiz got DFA'd has been the right one. Look at Bummer's numbers. Look at Deekman's numbers. Roy Lowe, his numbers optically look bad because he gave up two runs and when he was at like four innings or something. But other than that, he's been the stalwart to get three outs. So uh Joe, I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and, and cry over the White Sox because me personally, I still think they're gonna win 88 games. It's just a matter, it's just a matter of them getting on a roll, getting into a rhythm because they They've lost three straight series because they've never won two games in a row. Yeah. So how much momentum have they had even when they had success? It's been min- minuscule. Okay, but what, like I agree with you in, in principle. Um, like, let me be a, a, De- a Debbie Downer right now. Like, we got Eloy Tim on the IL. Like, why should we expect them to not get hurt again? Well, the, and that's where it, it comes down to Rick Hahn is a stupid piece of shit because when you want to create depth, you don't create depth by going out and getting Andrew Benintendi. You create depth by signing fucking Marcus Simeon a year ago. Which they should have done. They should have done. That way when Tim Anderson has to miss a month, you don't need another shortstop. You don't have a hole created. Which keep fucking happening. And we know it's going to happen again. Yep. 
because we have an army of fucking first basemen and DHs. Mm-hmm. And add Hanser Alberto to that list because he can't even play third base now. This team would be better off with Tony Larusa and Leary Garcia, and Jose Abreu, and and Jose Abreu. Yeah, that's the one I'm mad about. I mm-hmm. don't, I, I'm gonna bring this up again. I don't know why they well. I I got my suspicions that he didn't. They didn't let him walk. He walked. Yeah, well, he didn't want to be in the. He didn't want to be in the locker room anymore. Well, yeah. He didn't want to. He didn't want to uh, put on the facade of yeah, you got to bury me in this jersey. I'm gonna be a White Sox for life. He probably wanted to stop that charade. I agree. Yeah, and Which, this was the first yeah. first time in his life he was able to find see a see a way out. And yeah. shout out to uh, NWI Steve from. Socks on tap. He told me Jose Abreu was going to fucking Houston. Oh, really? He told me this, I think, in September. And I didn't believe him. I seen him at a fucking game. Me and Gabe was there. It was the White Sox versus A's or some shit like that. And I bought the ticket from Steve, but he still popped up. So I was talking to Steve and he told me, yeah, Abreu is going to hashtag Houston. And Lord and behold, here we fucking are. Yeah. Old trusty in Minute Maid Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God bless him. Like he's he's doing right by him, and it makes me miserable. But hey. well, there is uh there is light at the end of the tunnel, Joe. Uh, Andrew Vaughn is batting over five hundred with runners in scoring position. So, uh, but he doesn't need to play first base at five hundred. I mean, but still, I he you be don't the want. DH. No, because we're, who's going to play first with Abreu off the roster? Well, no, no, no. You're misunderstanding me. That's no way. Oh, you're saying we could have kept Abreu and still. Yeah. Abreu well, by first base, DH fucking Vaughn, and yeah. make Eloy play outfield. He's not. He is a perfectly average outfielder. He got hurt. Guess what? He got hurt. DHing also. Yeah. He's not a bad outfield. Vaughn is a bad outfield. Well, I mean, you got to think like in baseball, when you're playing the outfield, you could be standing still for long periods of time. And then you have to quick react, explode into one direction. A lot of guys, that's that that's a calling card for a torn hammy. Uh, you know how this goes. Like Eloy got hurt running first to third. So yeah. imagine having him having to chase down a ball in the gap. It's the okay. same nightmare. Yeah, but your logic is a little bit flawed there because he didn't get hurt in the outfield. Yeah, but he's been hurt in the outfield before. Most of most of his injury is lower body. So, I mean, let's just say, let's just put Eloy in that situation. He's been standing around for 30 seconds. All of a sudden, ball hit over his left shoulder. He has to explode first step quick. Next thing you know, he's laying on the ground grabbing his fucking hammy. But or next thing you know, he's grabbing his fucking hammy, running from home plate to post, like last year against yeah. the Twids when Byron Buxton told him to pick his chin up. And then he was out for out for what what six weeks, I think. Yeah. Uh, I feel bad with him, I guess. 
Yeah, I just think the White Sox have an issue with the A-plus lineup is good. The B lineup is a winnable team. But now, with the amount of injuries that pile up on you, you have to depend on your C lineup. And right now, we're looking at it to – Hanser Alberto is batting in the middle of my lineup more than Yohan Moncada these days. That's an issue. Andrew Benintendi, who has been batting third most of the year, now he's forced into a leadoff role. That's another issue because he's I would, not that guy. But I, I like Ben Attendee right now. I would actually push him down in the lineup if possible. Yeah, I, I mean you could you could even uh bat Ben Attendee. You could bat if you're if you're if you have the nuts to bat him three, what's wrong with batting him clean up or even fifth? Move Moncada up, keep move Vaughn up closer. Because Robert in the two hole has been absolutely electric. He's been one of the best players in baseball in the two-hole. I think what Pedro wanted to do was get another mature at-bat behind uh, Robert, just in case you get two quick outs with T.A. and Robert. At least you got a guy that can take a pitch in Benintendi. Oh, I had thought of it that way because they both swing at fucking. Yeah, they both have very active bats. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, interesting. Because I love Robert, yeah, but he he strikes himself out a lot. Mm-hmm. He swings himself out of favorable counts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, talk to me about um. Oh fuck! I want to talk about my Pittsburgh trip really badly. Yeah, let's get into it. I mean, is I, I, a beautiful park or what? So you got you got a monologue. For 30 seconds about Ben Tendi. Okay. So basically, uh, I wasn't a fan of the Ben Tendi signing. Uh, I generally wanted them to go in a direction of Cody Bellinger or even Adam Duvall. But now that he's here, I don't think he's been as bad as King Mack and others been alluding to. I just think that the offense in totality is a little bit stuck in purgatory the White Sox always started off slow I don't want to put that all on his shoulders it's not like he's hitting below 250 he's getting on base at a good clip I mean he's been absolutely normal so any of the White Sox issues yeah I mean I could put some of the blame on him but at least he's given me a quality at bat more times than not he's still finding ways to get on base yeah it's not his fault he's the highest paid White Sox of all time. I wish you didn't repeat that. I swear. Did you that, just that makes that? me pull Did you just my say that? Did you just say that? Sorry. No, no, no. I didn't say it. I just don't like when I hear it again. Like Andrew Benintendi, highest paid player. Like I don't like that. Oh. It doesn't sit well with me. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So we'll wrap this up with my trip to Pittsburgh with my buddy Scott. I talked about this on the last podcast. Which was awesome. It was so great. Uh, White Sox at Pirates. Um, caught my first ball. Oh, I didn't catch it. It landed on me. <laughs> and um, here, here, here's my hot take. And, and Justin, I want to know what you think about this. So okay. I'm an asshole at away games. Right? Like, I heckle. I chant, I cheer constantly. 
I've seen the White Sox at now the Twins, the Brewers, the Pirates, and the Cubs. The Pirate fans are the most offended by me and my heckling of their team. Which surprises They get a little sensitive? They get a little sensitive. Yeah. Which I did not expect. Twins fans are good-natured. Ruru's fans are good-natured and give it back to you. Right? Like, I got it back from Ruru's fans in a good way. Cubs fans is mean, but, like, that's Chicago. Like, fuck, fuck you. Like, we, we, we act at least... We both know where we stand. Like, yeah. fuck the Cubs, fuck the White Sox. All right, we both know where we stand. These Pirates fans were, like, offended about me, like, talking shit about their favorite players, which was not Andrew McCutcheon. I stood and clapped every time Andrew McCutcheon came to the Well, out of respect, he's a triple OG. Exactly. Yeah. No. <laughs> I could love Andrew McCutcheon. But it was what? Like these pilots fans are like giving me side eye when I'm like, let's go, White Sox. Oh. It was it wasn't even mean. Yeah. <laughs> it was just you casually cheering for your team and they took it as blatant disrespect. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Those assholes. That's why the Steelers aren't going to be good. We should start a, a Chicago-Pittsburgh rivalry. Start a rivalry? Yeah. When's the next time the Sox going to be in PN? When's the next time the, the Buckos coming up here? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I mean, but that was part of my point. I was like, you guys don't even fucking know us. <laughs> yeah. This is not a fucking. This is the last time you'll see me in your life, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, fucking shit. I text shit about Carlos Santana because he's good at playing the guitar. Yeah. You think, how many, do you think he has more World Series or Platinum albums? I hope Platinum albums. Maybe. What's your favorite Santana song? Oye Como Va. Oh, I like... Uh, not Smooth. Not Smooth. No, not, not Smooth. I like Soul Sacrifice. Nice. Do, have you watched the Woodstock? No. The, the, last, the last thing I've seen on Woodstock was the documentary of Woodstock 99 on Netflix. Oh, you should watch Woodstock 69 that Carlos Santana was actually at. Carlos I might Santana. take a peek. What? Yeah, I said I might take a peek at it. You should. I like Santana. It's good. It, it's really good. Jimi Hendrix, Grateful Dead, Carlos Santana, Mamas and the Babas. Like, if you want to get into, like, hippie culture and History, it's really interesting. Yeah, I might, ch- I might check it out, Joe. I yeah. mean, it, 
uh, if I find time in between crying over both my socks. Yeah, well, you're not going to any baseball games. Hey, whoa, whoa. I think I'm slated to go to a Sox game when I think Philly comes to town. When's that? Uh, I believe the 27th through the 29th or 30th or something like that. I'm going to Cincinnati for White Sox at Reds. Uh, what, what date is that? Cinco de Mayo. Ooh. Yeah, you should come. Yeah, I was uh, I was talking to Asia. I want to do a road trip to one of these games. That might be it. That would be fun. There's gonna be a fuck ton of White Sox fans there. Uh, I'm opening up my app. I don't have any tickets to a home game yet. Um, wow. So you would rather see the White Sox away from Chicago? No, I just coincidentally don't have. Yeah, sure. You don't like the rate, Joe. It's the worst stadium. See, I knew it. I knew we, and I, I'm glad we got to the bottom of this on your show. <laughs> absolutely, this is absolutely disgusting. You know, guaranteed rate is probably the greatest MLB stadium ever created because they got the pulled pork brisket. <laughs> they <There you> do. <laughs> Um, fuck, I need to follow this guy on Twitter. There, there's an amazing article on CBS Sports about the stadium that they should have built, which is Armour Park Square. Oh, Armour, yeah, Armour Park Square. <laughs> and, um, like, basically, they leveled all those neighborhoods for parking. Wow. Like, that's what they did. For, for so they the, treated it like the fucking rainforest. Just mowed everything down. Correct. Wow. And they treated it like Chicago treats everything. They had plans for a Hamden Yards style ballpark. That would have been nice. Which would have emphasized local business accessibility and and views and, and like like you know uh positioning the park so it's got the best views of chicago mm-hmm. you wanted a real good aesthetic with the ballpark yeah and fucking jerry nixed it because what you need is parking well i mean i I can't be mad at Jerry Reinsdorf. He went out and signed Nick Swisher in 2008. So, I mean, after he did that, I can, I, I forgive him. I absolve him of all of his sins. Greatest owner hey, in my I, lifetime. I wish I spoke more Latin. Deus. I, I just made that word up. Yeah. Got a little vampire touch to it. Sound like Dracula taught you that. You know, I got enough Latin that I can figure that out, but Deus Sacre, sacre I don't know, whatever. Anyway, when are we going to win a series? We got, we got, we got, we go. got Baltimore coming into town this weekend. Uh, we could feast on their starting pitching. 
but they score Baltimore scores a lot of runs like Austin Hayes and Mount Castle absolutely fucking scares me and oh all American that's the thing that's like Baltimore is probably the worst team in the AL East and they're probably good well, uh, the thing about it is they're getting on base at an alarming clip for them to have so many young, slugging profile uh, players. Like I, uh, one of my one of the most fascinating players on my fantasy team is Gunnar Henderson because he's batting like one sixty one, but his on base percentage is like three fifty. That's that's weird. unhurt. Well, that's, that's unhurt, and he's only that slugging two ninety seven. That means he's walked four times in two weeks. That's yeah, but. I mean, he's finding a way to get on base, and he's scoring runs when he gets on base. Right, right, right. And and guys like that kill the White Sox because the White Sox overemphasize, uh, isolate and star players. They forget, like, hold on, now it's a lineup of nine guys, not just fucking the leadoff guy, the cleanup, and the fucking four five. Mm-hmm. You gotta you gotta go through the whole Orioles lineup do your due diligence like they they they're in a position right now where they're they're hiding anthony santander they're stashing cedric mullins and those are good hitters so i'm i'm looking forward i'm looking forward to see i'm looking forward to uh griffal navigating that lineup via the bullpen and uh, managing the starters. Are you going to this Oils White Sox game? Absolutely not. I went to I went to two games in the Giants series, and I think I'm done with the White Sox until August. <laughs> That's hard. Yeah, but I'll watch them though, and I'll still be a diehard. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> All right, um, who's winning the AL West? The Texas Rangers. Why? They're healthy. And I know fucking Seager just hit the shelf for about three weeks. Mm. But who's still there? Adolis Garcia, Nate Lowe, Marcus Simeon. Like, they still have players in place to keep them afloat and they got mature in the rotation with Evaldi and DeGrom I know DeGrom got his shit smoked uh his first start but his second start around seven strong innings a double digit strikeout so right back to normal I think the loss to Jose Altuve really set the Houston Astros back because they don't start off on top as often as they done in seasons past. And you're not high on the Mariners. No, the Mariners are trash. They're not making the playoffs. Ah, oh, I'll jump down this side. Yeah, they're not making the playoffs. Uh, it's going to be uh, Texas, Houston in the West. Tampa, Red Sox in the East. White Sox in the Central. All right. Love it. All right. I'm going to shut this shit down. Shut it down. Shut it down. Justin, thank you. Um, You know, you got a podcast that's bigger than this podcast, but you want to pimp your podcast right now? 
Oh, yeah. Well, uh, you can find me on Twitter at JTargaryan. And as Joe said, I do human resources work for the Bad Guy Radio. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. And I, I, I do other work for the Blackout Show with my boy Gonzo and Ozzy Gian Jr. talking all thing socks. That's so another difference between the Blackout Show and Bad Guy Radio. What's the difference? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So you could find me on those two platforms talking everything. Your Chicago White Sox and a little bit of Red Sox. Just a a little little. Do, they, do they tolerate you Red Sox? Doc? I don't care what they tolerate. This is the greatest country in the world. And I could fucking root for the White Sox and the Red Sox if I want to. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Dump on the Yub, ostensibly a baseball podcast. Uh, thanks so much for listening. You can listen to us on Whatever you get, you fucking, you know, Apple Podcasts. I don't care. Uh, we're going to do this again next week. I'm going to the White Sox at Reds game. I'm thinking. Good of- luck. What do you mean? Good luck. I mean, I, that's in plain English. Good luck. Oh, God. It's going to be fun. I got it. Have you been to Great American Ballpark, Justin? Uh, I have, actually. Yeah. I like that ballpark. I love sitting in right field. It's a good ballpark. It's a mm-hmm. good ballpark. Uh, but I gotta, I gotta go to California, man. I haven't been to any of the California parks except for Oracle. I've been to the Giants park. Oracle's been rocking the last couple of years. It's nice. It was so much fun. But I want to go to LA. I want to go shop. I want to go to Dodger Stadium, Chavez Ravine. Uh, Petco, Petco's supposed to be good. All right, ladies and gentlemen, shutting this down. Thanks for listening. This has been Dub on the Yoba, ostensibly a baseball podcast. Uh, for Justin, my name is Joel. Thanks for listening. Have a great evening and a pleasant tomorrow. If you don't believe I'm leaving, count the days I'm gone.